Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. And we host Hollywood Crime Scene. Our show is about the salacious crimes and scandals of the rich and famous. From the early days of Hollywood to the 21st century. We also cover Los Angeles history, true events that inspired movies, interesting biographies, and more. At the end of the week, we drop our mini-episode, which recaps the news everyone is talking about, plus the weirdest stories of the week from around the globe. We also talk about food a lot. Subscribe to Hollywood Crime Scene wherever you find podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Red Therapy Room. I didn't think it was going to be a therapy room this early in the season, but lo and behold, we're here after week one, an opening day defeat to Brighton. Uh, We're going to run through that, going to run through the performances. Alex, I'm joined by, I'm joined by um, Matt, I'm joined by Bal. Everybody's feeling chipper. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, really. Is uh, <laughs> all you can all you can do is laugh, right? Alex? Gin therapy. Back. Gin therapy is that what it is? There's some sort of therapy that needs to happen after that game. It was um, uh, but the preseason we we spoke about it quite a few times on the podcast, right? And we'll speak about it all today. We'll speak about Arnautovic. Yes, I, I'm genuinely going to have to have a conversation about Marco Arnautovic. Uh, I, honestly, I think it's parody, but it's not parody. And Adrian Rabio speak about De Jong all the stuff that's going on in Barcelona. But Brighton, man. Um, I mean, Graham Potter's a good coach. Brighton have got some decent players. Uh, but from everything that we saw in pre-season, all the po- nobody was really focusing on the results, were they, Bal? It was just, we saw some patterns. We saw something that felt a little bit different. It felt like, you know what? Maybe, yeah, maybe this season could work. And then that happens against Brighton. Yeah, I mean, all, all, Matt will tell you, I, 
I've been banging the the Graham Potter drum for some tri- some time now. I, I I really really like him as a manager. I don't think he's quite ready for a job at the level of pressure that he'd get under at United. Um, I think maybe a couple more seasons at Brighton or another stepping stone. But I think he's a very good manager. Um, thankfully, I was busy over the weekend with family wedding, so I got to avoid it. Um, but from well, congratulations but from everything that I've been told and what I've read and the little snippets I've seen, it seems we started well. Um, but it's just that same thing, same as what we saw last year when we struggled to take that early goal. Teams settle down into their groove, and then they start their passages of play, and we become a very, very easy team to play. Mate, mate, it wasn't. It wasn't even. It was like I think it was Matt you were there in the TRA. I think it was like the first five minutes. United kind of came out firing and we looked like we were doing that high press and we looked like we were going to cause them problems. But as soon as five minutes went past, I think I think Brighton just sussed us out a little bit and went, well, actually, no, there's there's not really much. It's more bark than bite. And from that point onwards, Brighton started to get a bit of a stranglehold. I mean, they, they had a fucking shot after 11 seconds, after a little bit of a mix-up and Delow missed the ball. Uh, Matt, what, what was it? What was, what was the atmosphere like? Because I imagine it, it felt like, as I say, it felt like, the beginning of this season could be something different, and it all of a sudden, all the same hallmarks from last season were there, right? Yeah, the the atmosphere was great before the game, leading up to it. Uh, it was it was bouncing, say it was bouncing in there, but it was certainly lively. Certainly, how we left it back in May was a lot better than that. I was similar to what you said, but probably a bit longer in my opinion. I thought twenty minutes we were good. We pinged the ball around, we got it down, we played forward, we was positive, and as soon as the goal went in, heads just went, heads went, and it was. As if they reverted back four months back to May and April. They just gone. The players, it didn't. The fans didn't turn on them. I'm not saying they to turn on them, but was it negative? It was negative at half time when the whistle went. But that's because they were two 0 down. But the heads just went and they stopped doing what they do, what they were doing in pre season. And he must be pulling his. I know he's got no air, but he must be pulling something out because the manager, his moustache. Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, but, you, you, but to hear all. Mm. Wait, wait, wait. To hear audible frustration from United fans after the first game, I really, I think it goes to show you, like, the fans have sort of reached the end of their tether. It's, it's been a, it's been a long time coming, but even at United, like, I remember, Jesus, what was it when we had Falcao? I remember him getting him in get a standing ovation when he was leaving the yeah. club. Like, for United fans to sort of be audible after day one, it goes to show that the the, the, the clock's run out. I suppose. I don't know how to describe it, Alex. What do you think? Like, yeah. You were there as well. Well, before the game, I mean, you know, the lead up to the game um, in the concourse, it was absolutely fucking brilliant. And uh, out, you know, out in our seats quite a, quite a while before kickoff, a good 10, 15 minutes before kickoff, it was, it was bring on United, bring on United. And that was like, that went on constantly for a good 10, 12 minutes. Team came on the pitch. Everybody was really up for it. But then, you know, you sort of, you sort of realise quite quickly that what's on the pitch is still so underwhelming. It's probably, uh, you know, some of those players are probably not, are barely top half Premier League players in reality. I mean, I think, you know, you look at some of these experienced players, I mean, De Gea, you know, cowardly performance from him, gave away two goals. I think certainly at least one you can blame him for, but the first one as well, I think his unwillingness to get his get to stick his face in where it might hurt to, to go and grab that ball and then just the rest of the leadership like Luke Shaw really experienced at left back you know I'm not I'm not really sure what he's doing in the team I think the, the young lad Malasia looks a lot more vibrant and a, a lot hungrier 
hungrier than Luke Shaw. Who's hungrier yeah. than Luke Shaw? And uh, yeah, it was just overall <laughs> a really deflating experience. I think the the TRA and the rest and the whole ground really was up for it, was up for it from the beginning. And as soon as it went two 0 it was it just became a bit toxic. Is um obviously there's been a lot of focus on Fred and McTominay, right? Uh, they've basically got the scorn of Roy Keane, as you'd imagine. Uh, Paul Scholes dug them out as well, and it was yeah, it was kind of typical, I suppose, from the Fred and McTominay. I think I've, I still kind of. St- I'm getting pelters for it, but I still stand by the fact that I think Fred's a decent midfielder. I still think that Fred can do a job in the right setup with the right people in midfield alongside him. But, um, Bal, what was what's your take on McTominay? Uh, it, this isn't uh, a reaction that's coming off the back of a two-one loss against Brighton <clears throat> on the first day of the season. McTominay started in central midfield in f- every single one of United's last four Premier League season openers, so he's been there a good long time now. Mm. Um, I just feel like he's a he's he could probably be a squad player, but realistically, I think even that's a semi a bit of a stretch. I don't know whether I'm just reacting and being a bit over emotional after that game against Brighton, but McTominay in particular for me, I understand the scorn about. Yeah, I think you have to agree. It's getting to the point now where you can't say he's he's a youngster; he's learning his trade. As you, as you pointed out there, he's been in the team for a significant period of time now. And there's, there's got to come a time where the quality, the quality starts to show. And we're just not seeing that. Um, the thing that in kind of endears him to a lot of fans is he's, he's, a, he's a Manchester United kid. He lives and breathes the club. So he, he appreciates that. He's living the dream of every single Man United fan, and he, the way he carries himself as a person, um, you know, he leave, leaves absolutely everything out on the pitch. But that at this level of football, you need a lot more than that. You can't just go around, run around like a headless chicken. There needs to be that quality on the ball, um, especially if you compare him to like someone like Frankie De Jong, who. Where in that in that like I don't know if you saw last night the clip where he gets the ball on the half turn, yeah that was dirty on the half turn and pretty much runs sixty the length of the pitch and plays a great through ball through that's the type of player we're missing but it's not just it's very very it's very very unfair in my opinion just to point the finger at McTominay because it's yeah. it's beyond that it's a lot of that there's nine of the eleven were there from were there from last season. The hair yeah. was at fault. The fullbacks, I think, for on both goals were at fault. Um, um, I, th- I, th- I think something that you pointed out in uh, last week's pod, uh, you were talking about, you know, body positioning. We were talking about, you know, those videos of like Wan Bissaka training before the game. He goes, like, literally teach kids that yeah. of like the body, the, your body position when you receive the ball is going to change your ability to do the next thing. And if you're facing your own goal, the only thing you can do next is probably pass it back towards your own goal. Mm-hmm. Or maybe to one of your fullbacks instead of that half turn where you open the body up mm-hmm. and that touch goes into space that you can then be progressive with. It's clear that McTominay and Fred naturally, Fred a little bit more so. Again, I, I, I don't like calling them McFred. I think it should be a separate conversation, but it's just they've been played alongside each other. And the fact that we haven't signed anybody exacerbates the issues. I mean, Christian Eriksen, right? It was just it all stunk really. Everything stunk about that Brighton game going into it. We had no fit number nine. We had played a decent few games in pre-season. Martial looked sharp. Ronaldo wasn't fit to start. 
Ericsson then played up front. I found it a bit weird. I think I kind of didn't really understand why Bruno didn't play there. And lo and behold, Ericsson probably ended up being our better player. I say best player. That's a stretch when I'm saying best player. But when he played a bit deeper, we at least commanded something of a presence in the middle, right, Alex? Yeah, I think think Ericsson was one of our least useless players. Yeah, least shit. But um, I mean, (laughs) I just want to carry on with what Bao's saying really about, you know, whether it's lack of confidence or just being cowardly players like, Bruno's a shell of himself. He's getting the ball and he'll only play it the way he's facing. It seems like he's he's one of these players with his with his body position that's square onto the back four, receives it to his feet in the middle of the park, only wants to go back. Like what's happened to the Bruno who would just, you know, take it under any pressure whatsoever, look for a, a killer ball. I mean, he he's probably one of the He's probably quite lucky that there's a few others who are, who are worse, but he's uh, he seems to be a, a bit immune to to criticism. I wouldn't say he's immune to criticism. He got he got his fair share of pelters last year. Uh, I think I suppose that people are giving him a little bit more leeway. I, I tell, I, one thing that really really frustrated me it was the the complete and utter Matt like the 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 drop in intensity was insane. Like that's the one thing you could say about preseason. It happened in every game. Like we had that intensity. It might have dropped off as preseason went on when the players got a bit tired. But every time that De Gea passed it out to Maguire or Martinez, they sort of trundled forward, just walking it effectively, hoping for somebody to make a, a bit of because Fred and McTominay weren't making themselves available for that pass in front of them. <clears throat> they then passed it wide to Shaw or Delo, and we recycled back to De Gea, ke- kicked it long. We couldn't play out from the back with the yep, ball. Yep, yep. Uh, no, midfielders, the midfielders have to be demanding of that ball. They yeah, they they, they didn't they didn't show for it. They, they didn't want the ball. It, it felt like it felt nervous. It looked it was. nervous. There's it, something it about like that stadium uh, under a bit of pressure where a lot of these lads, you know, they just shrink. They just like a turtle. Like they just stick their head back in that shell, and they're not willing to puff their chest out and and take the risk. I think the club at the moment is so toxic. Right? There's so much dissension. I mean, you know, there was a protest before the game. It wasn't a massive protest, but it was significant. You know, it closed down the shop. I mean, there was a, a pretty big protest in front of the director's director's entrance in the Munich tunnel. Players will be aware of that. And yeah, I just I just wonder if there's just not enough characters in that squad. Maybe there's no characters in that squad big enough to to deal with the kind of pressure that they're under because they, they do just seem to shrink under the tiniest amount of pressure. I mean, De Gea, when he palmed that second ball out, that was like panic stations for, for no reason from, from the angle I had. Well, I, I, it was, it was, it, the, shot, the shot had a bit of force behind him. If you're going to try and criticise, you might try and say that he could have palmed it into a better position, but I, I, I'm not going to personally put that Ooh. at the feet of David De Gea. That, it was just, it was a collective um, bubble bursting experience, really, mm. after the preseason. No, as in, no, nobody's expecting like, United to rip up trees straight away, but Matt, I, I think that, the the sheer level of um, levels really like Brighton just they dominated us and I, I suppose the frustrations that you're going to see that uh, Caicedo basically ran the midfield and it was a player that we were offered in 2019 for I think about four million euros and we're we're still stuck here with with um, McTominay and Fred I mean what like Penny for Eric Ten Hag's thoughts Matt after that game you know what what's he thinking now is it is he has he now gone right? Oh fuck! I really do understand these players more yeah. now. Now that I've seen it there, that's an eye opener for him. That's an eye opener for the whole bench. 
the, the, the three new blokes who have come in. That's a, that's a wake-up call. And that might lead on to a couple of the panic stuff that we've seen late last night and today. But certainly that, like Bal mentioned there, the nine out of the 11 from last season, kind of a clean slate they've had. We've had no... I know we played with intensity in pre-season, but nothing to... Brighton done a job on us yesterday. They didn't allow us to get out of the box once it was with Martinez and Maguire. We did have options, but the lads just stood still. There was one time we had it, Maguire had it, mm. and six lads are standing there, standing still. You, mm. It's a wake-up call for Eric. and It's so far removed. He must have got home last night and said to the... Mix, I, 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 I don't know what... I don't know how long is this lease on this flat, because... It's, I don't know. It's one game. It's not panic stations. Certainly not panic stations. I think for me, he knows he's in, he's in a whole heap of shit now. What he's inherited, he knows it now properly from what he's seen there and the way they down tools again. He knows he's got a job now, and, I, and he's going to that- be allowed to. I think he's. I, I think and I hope he's allowed to do what he wants to do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really? <laughs> I hope. And I think. What are the I odds of that? I mean, look at look at the state of these people we're linked with. Like, you know, oh, uh, we need goals. Oh, we're going to go out and get Mark Arnautovic, who's well, currently somewhere in person, Eastern he's, Europe. He's a like, and you feel answer this? Who ten up? Yeah, he's a clever person, but yeah, definitely. But he can't be that clever taking this fucking job. Well, no, is that, but you play a system for six games, which is all built around a number nine, and you go into the first game and you play a false number nine, which we've never done before. A, because we can't do it. B, because the players are still watching YouTube how to tie their laces before the game, because they're fucking stupid. And C, they have got the personnel to play a false nine. So play someone up top. Play someone number nine. Everyone's played that system for six games, where to go, where to move, etc., etc., and then you change it for the first game. I know injuries happen, but play someone up there. Yeah, that's, but come on, like was, an injury to Martial is 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 going to like destroy the, our first game of the season. Like, come on, he was on loan but, but, last year. I mean, for God's it did. Sake. I, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, Matt, because I think, but I think if you've got the personnel of the players we had yesterday in the final third of the pitch, you will create enough chances to score goals. Um, but the big thing for me, as as Sam pointed out, is that eagerness and the willingness of the players to want the ball. I don't know if you saw last in the last few weeks, there was a, a clip of Pep training the City players and um, pretty much telling he's got them all there. He goes, I will never, ever bollock you for attempting something, expressing yourself, taking a prayer on, taking a shot. What I will bollock you for and what I won't accept is you not wanting this ball, every single person who's going to play in this team has to want the ball. I.e., where you were saying, Matt was saying, where nobody was moving for Maguire or Martinez. That isn't acceptable because you have to come and show for those players and give them the, the options. And that's how you 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 move through the, yeah. the phases of the pitch and create those chances. The level, the level of football we've played at is obviously a million miles away from, from United, but you know what it's like when you're not confident. You've had a few bad touches you and... You get that feeling like, oh, don't give me the ball, don't give me it here. Yeah. Like that's what it looks like with United. Just game one oh, at yeah, home yeah. against Brighton. Yeah, totally, totally. That's, but, but, but it was it wasn't like that. I know I know it's different because it's preseason. The pressure is a Premier League game, but just the, all the fundamentals that we saw in the preseason, there was movement, there was there was space, there was awareness, there was intensity. Everyone was listening to what Ten Hag was 
wanted and, and was able to to put that into a team performance. And it all just went out the window. I think it must be a pressure thing. It must be a nerves thing. It must be a fear thing because uh, nobody seems to want to take that risk and take that pass in case they're the one that fucks it all up. And, and ultimately, that creates the ability for Brighton to to do what they did Probably to us. One chance, no, mate, you, Fifteen minutes in, Bruno yeah, got skied it. Bruno wasn't it? Bruno spooned it right over. Tails are Luke Shorty even running then if that goes in. Because the amount of times that we are <laughs> in TRA, that first you are using TRA, Alex. You must have seen it yeah. first half. That space down the left, where it was an out ball for sure to cut through the midfielder and the left and the right back. And he just stood still. I'm not being you've yeah. been a left back for ten years. I don't know who trained him at Southampton. It could have been Potuccino. I don't know if we're going that far back. Fuck me, excuse the language, but he didn't move. He stood there and we could all see it. I know you see things differently because you're a bit higher up and players can't see it because it's lower down. But he didn't move. So Fred's got to come back and it makes yeah. Fred look a knob, an even bigger knob. It's tough to accept, though. It's tough thing. to accept, isn't it, though? It's tough oh, to accept people like him in the team, to be honest. like yeah. At this point, yeah, Mal- Malice here when, looks when so hungry. And honestly, like I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna do everything I can to support Ten Hag, no matter what happens. The next three, five, however long it takes. But to wait till the ninetieth minute to make those three subs, put those oh. young lads on when the game is over, and they're just they're just kicking it out into play, and it's you know they had four or five throw-ins in a row, and the game's over. That's what we were moaning at Ollie for, and almost it seems mm. like almost all our managers since Fergie make these substitutions too late. Why are you giving these young lads one minute, two minutes, whatever, of, of, of normal yeah. time? In fact, not even. It was literally 90 minutes on the clock when they came on. You know, that sort of shit, I yeah, can't was... stand for it. And Alex is right. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a little bit of a weird They weren't thing. waiting long to come on either. They're only standing on the touchline on 87 or 88 minute, 88 minutes. They weren't waiting there since the 82nd and the ball didn't go out for 10 minutes. They were literally there on the 88th minute. Ronaldo coming on on 50th minute. What was all that about? I... Bring them on at half time. They should have brought them Just, all on. They should have sent them all on. Uh, all the what, what, kind of, what, what kind of reception did he get? What kind of reception did Ronaldo get? Nice, very mixed. Third shirt, so very Ronaldo mixed. One. It was Sue, wasn't it? Every, he come down and warmed up with Varane. It was Sue, and it was like... He got it's... he got booed at half time uh, when he came on. Sorry, but it, it was mixed in in TRA. I think it was probably seventy percent boos to to cheers. But again, that's another that's thing. Good. Like. We're directing our anger at the wrong people. Like we should be, we should just be. I mean, I didn't know that the Glazers were there, or whoever it was. Joel Glazer was there uh, yesterday. No, Avram and Ebbie whoever it was. There. Sorry, Avram Glazer, the one with the f- stupid hair. I didn't know he Worst was there. And I don't think anybody in the TRA did because they, after it was two 0 everyone was a bit apathetic. But we should have just been hammering the Glazers for that whole game. But again, missed opportunity. Yeah, I don't know if we knew about it. Of, of course, like. I I don't personally want to try and hyper focus on shit like Ten Hag making late subs or maybe he's made a mistake in choosing Shaw over Malasir because at the moment I don't think that's it. right now he's proven. To, I think I personally feel that so far in the early weeks of Ten Hag Ten Hag's tenure he's shown that he's a good coach. He's got these players learning a new way and I think the players have responded and everyone putting in the same direction has shown that he hasn't got the tools he needs right now to bring the level of quality up to where we need it to be, even even for a top four push this season, not at the moment. We're, we're, we're a top six team now, and we're acting like one in the window. And that's why the reaction to this Brighton game, it's fucking blown my mind what's happened in the last 24 hours. Marco Arnautovic, 33-year-old, playing for Bologna now, 
on on a weekend where and, and again I know it's about levels and understanding that, but on a weekend where Haaland scores two in his debut and Nunes scores for Liverpool on, the, on his debut, we're going after Marco fucking and Altovich. Are you absolutely out of your out of your tree? What is that about? Am I overreacting I'm, there? I'm not necessarily sure, but this might be some like psyop. We might all be getting had here. This all might be just a very very bad science experiment. We're I had all to look plugged at the date. Like, is it April first? And yeah, what the fuck is going on? Mate, it's it's another one of those. Like, I mean, we we keep we heard it after. I think it was Igalo. They said this is that this is like a short term fix. But you can put Igalo into the mix as Latan. I think Lukaku was probably the last striker that we signed. I mean, you might you can try and throw Sanchez in that as well if you want. But he was a little bit past it as well. We've signed over the hill strikers consistently for our last like five six strikers from Cavani and Igalo and um, yeah. Ibrahimovic and now maybe Arnautovic. I mean, Matt, what's 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 your reaction to this? Is is this United won't be selling this as a shit the bed we're panicking? But how can you possibly sell it otherwise? There's no way that Arnautovic was on any list that Eric Ten Hag has had. Surely, no, of course he wasn't. And uh, do you know? I've got to the stage now where I kind of believe it when I see the person at the at the hospital doing the medical, or I. I don't think we're in for him. Is it being confirmed by United or Bologna that United are? Putting- I mean, yeah, we're we're in for it. Yeah, we, we've we've gone in. We put a bid in. That's been that's been confirmed by by enough reputable sources. Confirmed by the people's person. But, oh yeah, mate, come on. <laughs> only the finest re- only the finest reporters in this building. That's Jesus, didn't but, say um, Laurie Whitwell obviously, there's been a massive. Any people like that? That's fine, but. No, I mean, I, there's, there's been a um a massive backlash. Of course, it has, and of course, people one, are um correctly he. He had a fantastic season last year with Bologna, a mid-table Serie A team. Scored over 16 or 17 goals. No, he's not the answer. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. And I don't want him. But he knows the Premier League. If he's a stopgap for a year, which, again, that ticks the box of where we are with the owners. So, unless you change the owners and the owners... Hasn't, hasn't he got a history of like race, racism? Mate, he's, mate pe- people... It all came out... It didn't all come out yesterday. Everyone, yeah, he's a, he's a fucking... Nob, raving racist. Yeah, he's not keen on women's football either. So, <laughs> well, you won't catch, Wait. you won't catch much of that in a United away end. So, no matter who he is, we, I don't Wait, particularly want him. For, for, from a pure footballing perspective, you talk about stop gaps. Like, obviously, like Sesco. Sesco is another one today. I, I always felt the Sesco one, given that Salzburg didn't want to um, sell him this summer, that we were probably going to get shafted. And then Leipzig have come in today. Uh, and they've agreed a deal. Well, they're, they're part of the Red Bull group. They both are. So I don't think we can be too surprised that that's happened. But it looks like Sesco's going to Leipzig, staying at Salzburg for a year. And and we've moved on from talking about um, Benjamin Sesco, this idea of an, uh, this new, exciting youngster coming in, to all of a sudden, another, another fucking stopgap signing. This, this, this is supposed to be the summer where a strategy starts to come to fruition. It was going to be the acid test for John Murto was how we acted in this window. Now, we've spoken about this a lot of times on the pod. I've always maintained the fact that I think that we'll be happy come the end of the window. And I, I don't know whether that was based on pure naivety or blind optimism, but in the same breath as I, in, the, in the same conversation, I'm starting to get pissed off about Arnautovic. David Ornstein comes out and says that we're fucking trying to sign Adrian Rabio from Juventus. And I'm like, what's, where's that come from? What's, what's that about? And, yeah, it, it seems like in the 24 hours since Brighton, 
out of nowhere from the top rope, Arnautovic and Rabio. And uh, Alex, what's, what's your take? Rabio, look, if you isolate Rabio and you look at him as a footballer, 27, he's got years ahead of him. You could, he's definitely going to probably improve. Definitely, probably. I have no idea. He'll probably improve our midfield options. But fucking anybody could. I think Bal could come in right now. Cracking left foot. Feel for us. Yeah, cracking left foot. All been caught on. All been caught on. Love scoring to an empty yeah. oh, Empty net. Like, like, See the ones like Michael feet. Owen blasting it in from twelve yards against his eight-year-old kid. Yeah, mate, <laughs> that was a full-grown man from twenty-five yards. Yeah, <laughs> fully grown. Yards. Um, that's twenty-five yards. Get out of it. You got Yeah, questionable. Yeah, you have to get the yardstick out. Yeah, with well, but look, Rabio. With Rabio. I, I, I mean, I have him. I have him no matter what. He's an improvement on what we've got. And if you can get him alongside Frankie De Jong somehow, then we've got the makings of something there. I think. What's what? What? Bao, what's your take on Rabio? Because Rabio, if we're talking about the things that have left the club this summer and the circuses around them, and then you go and you look at Adrian Rabio, whose whose agent is his mum. Uh, who's fallen out pretty much with every club he's been at and is known as a, as a player that comes with uh, baggage, I think it would be fair to say, well, which is what we've been trying to avoid, right? Well, well according to all, like, some journals on Twitter and apparently the replies from Juventus fans, they're laughing all the way to the bank with this. Because apparently, I read, I read somewhere like there was going to be some sort of £9 million payoff, €9 million Euro payoff, and they were just going to basically cancel this contract and m- move him on. And now suddenly they're getting eighty million, eighty million pound or euros from United. Yeah, because he's he's on like I think he's on one seventy five a week. This is the last twelve months of his contract. I imagine they might have come to some sort of agreement to get rid of that and then shift him on. And then you know, hey, that, come on, lads, <laughs> what are you gonna do that for? Come on, <laughs> twice, got man. some money for you. Come on. But again, Adrian Rabio, same conversation that we're having about Arnautovic not being on any sort of fucking list. Rabio probably on the Interpol feels, terrorist list. It's just it feel it it feels like a weird flex again. It, it feels odd. And if you're looking at, it's been a flawed strategy from United this summer with no recruitment department. We basically backed Ten Hag and said, right, we'll look in the Eredivisie or any Dutch players or any sort of link to Ajax. And then Rabio just got absolutely none but, whatsoever. It, it 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 is this just a, is this just a, a panic in response to Brighton or is this United looking at the young alternatives? What do you think? I think Eric wants him. I think I'd like to. Well, again, I'd like to think these are the people Eric wants. If he wants them, that's fine. But if they don't, then there's a fundamental problem. And if yeah. he doesn't want them, but Eric, Eric Ten Hag is a man who, if there's one word we're going to say that's really associated with him so far, it's discipline. He's like he's, he's kicked a, team, a player out of a team for uh, out the squad for being late. And Adrian Rabio, as I say, he he's a man whose reputation kind of precedes him in that sense. And it's 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 a kind of the polar opposite but sort of character you would expect you Tenag to want to bring into the for those two big teams in your national team. If you're crap and you're at a certain level, he can play football. As Alex said, there, I think he said this. He's a he's a massive upgrade on what we've got. You, you stomach massive. the personalities. You Definitely stomach the punches. massive. <clears throat> a massive upgrade on McDonough. Yeah, that's for sure. Exactly. If he wants him, have him. Don't care. If, if Eric wants him, yeah. let's have him. When it comes to recruitment, so, Matt, I won't hear any Ten hard criticism at all because no. the man is dealing with the most incompetent bunch of idiots in sport. Like, yes. There's not a single world-class sports club 
that I can think of that's run as badly as United are. I mean, trouble like, is, he's dealing with he, dickheads upstairs and he's dealing with dickheads on the training pitch. He, he's yeah. he, and until that's but, sorted. But when it comes to when it comes to the matches at the weekend, that's where you can criticise him because why is he picking? Them? Yeah. What I mean, why aren't we seeing? It's obvious that the likes of Garnacho and Elanga are desperate to play. You can see them warming up like they were. They were absolutely, you know, they were they were absorbing what was coming out of the Stratford end. And you've still got the same, basically the same eleven that we had three or four seasons ago. It's never worked. Oli coming second is an absolute miracle. Jose coming second is an absolute miracle. Um. We need to hold clear out. We need to we need to get rid of seven or eight more of them. And if we finish eleventh because we're playing the kids, we finish eleventh. But I think we need to just completely reset. And and I'm not overreacting to just game one. This is just based on the last four or five years and the lack of investment in the club. Yeah, but it, it, it almost felt like that game there wasn't game one of this yeah. season. It's just game thirty nine of last 100%. season. Yeah. It just felt like an absolute continuation yeah. of it all, and that's a that's a real a real sucker punch for what, for after a summer of like you had genuine like for the first time in a long time I can say we've got a fucking good coach man like I, I I believe that if he's given everything he needs to have he's going to take United to a good place in a couple of years compared to where we are now. Um, and obviously De Jong's been you talk about United being crap this summer. Yeah, we have been really. John Murto has taken it on himself. He's taken the chance of not bringing in somebody who's a specialist in that area. He's decided that he's capable of doing it. And we've just got ourselves stuck in the spider's web uh, with this De Jong situation. It's come out today now. Uh, Barcelona are trying to say, they've told De Jong, Longley, uh, PK, and Terstegen that the contract renewals they signed under the last uh, ownership not ownership, last president, that there's some sort of criminality involved and that they're all <laughs> null and void. I, I, honestly, I don't, know, I don't know how Barcelona fans can keep supporting what, the, what they're trying to do. But yeah, they're effectively trying to say now, we, we don't owe you that money. That contract was illegal. Let's just pretend that contract never existed. And the original one you signed, which now would have expired, by the way. So I don't know how that works. And then, <laughs> it's, it's full-blown mad. I, everyone can keep talking about, ah, oh, De Jong doesn't want to play for United, X, Y, this and that and this. But... We've just yeah, the the young situation is is at the heart is at the heartbeat of how we fucked up. What, so what far sums us up more that game against Brighton or the fact that we pursued De Jong for the last like eight weeks? What is more indicative of what this football club is? Because they're both just I th- I th- two I sides think- of the same coin, right? I, I, well, we've we've been poor in the transfer window for as I, 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 but I have reiterated a lot, a lot of this. Um, last like four to five to six weeks of this De Jong situation has not actually been United's fault uh, because we agreed the fee. Uh, we, we did what we needed to do. And Ten Hag, I still stand by the fact that surely he's he's had assurances from Frankie's mouth himself. Otherwise, there's no way You've we have got to go for alternatives down though. The line. I mean, you can't just you can't just turn up at the first game of the season and not having not signed a midfielder. No, but and, and that part there just makes me fucking angry for what's happened in the last 24... We keep hearing... He's, he's from the horse's mouth. We're not going to sign any players. We're going to sign the right players. And then Marco Arnautovic and Adrian Rabiot's names are getting thrown into the mix. Uh, and it's just... That, that should have kept going against the 10 Hagas That's the thing. How do you know he doesn't want them and they don't fit into his system and his style of play? Marco Arnautovic, come on, man. You can, you can, you can try and put... Uh, Rabiot, I think you can have an argument about. Marko Arnautovic, I don't fucking think you can. Arnautovic is quite an effective player. He's an he's a nuisance. He's got an eye for goal. He's still quite athletic. 
But the worrying thing is, he could handle the pressure at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's thing. not he's not a man for the future, and he's got no. he's got a very very questionable personality. You know yeah. what is what is well, more this? than more than questionable. Yeah. From 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 a, from a yeah, from not even not from a football perspective, we shouldn't touch yeah, him with a fucking absolutely. barge pole. We've done the right thing with Greenwood, or we sorry with he who should not be named. Yeah, <laughs> we have up to, up to now anyway. I, I don't necessarily keep the faith that we will throughout that process, but we shouldn't be touching anyone like him. We've got to uphold the fucking traditions and responsibilities that that a club like United. But don't has. you think that's that's football's gone like that anyway? Not really. Football, the values and integrity of football's just gone anyway, yeah, regardless yeah. of United. I know you, we want United to be the be all and end all. When we don't want to put anyone on furlough because of COVID, we want to help the food banks out, etc. And we, mate, we, we did we did a fucking lot of good oh, stuff no, during COVID as a football club. I think we were probably one of the bastions of it. So to do that and then take the knee before the game—that's fine—and then go and sign yeah, fucking on out. I mean, what There's are you doing? people in that football club who knew what Mason had done and still picked him, still picked him for training. Still yeah, him I think you're right so, about that. I, th- I think you, they definitely you, covered you, something internally on that. That was there. Look at the dates. The dates marry up. What he did and when he was still playing. Well, look at so, look at Thomas Partey, right? He 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 just got picked the other week for the other day for Arsenal, right? Yeah. Don't want to speculate, Alex. No, it's not confirmed. Footballs, hey? footballers think they can do what they want. <laughs> Don't want to speculate. Wow. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, are we just um, are we just fools for genuinely thinking that it could have been different? Because we've got the Glazers as owners, yeah. are we just fools for thinking? You know what? Yeah, it is going to change. When in reality, it's never going to fucking change. They dangled the carrot <clears throat> with the no contract extensions. You think you think you're seeing these people leaving? You're seeing Lingard doing sod all for Forest. You're seeing Pogba struggling to make the World Cup. You're seeing these people going and not like Matic at Roma now. But you're seeing these players not staying. You think, all right, there's 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 something happening here. And then you see that shit at two o'clock. Ultimately, they've saved money on the contracts, haven't they? I mean, do you know what? Honestly, I was having a conversation with some some Chelsea fan the other day about the Glazers, and he was he was saying, "Yeah, but they've spent all this money," and it's like nobody seems to get that that this none of this is money is theirs. It's all money that we've earned as a as a club. They've taken out a billion quid out of the club. Now I think I think they realise it's the end game. They're not going to be throwing a hundred million at uh, world class footballers. We've we've gone past that that point of no return now as as in terms of challenging immediately for the top honors three or four years ago if we could have if they could have sold and we could have got somebody else in we could have turned things around quickly now we're on the other side of that hill and if they sold tomorrow it would still take us three or four years to get to the point where we could get to a champions league semi-final or challenge for the title i really i really believe that that we are i i mate, I, I do think you're completely correct in that um the, the, we know we, we know what the Glazers' business model was. It was all around the top four uh, and keeping it in there and the cash that that would provide. That's, we, we we can't do that anymore. The, the the level of investment you now need just to get to that bit is far bigger than it was five, six years ago. And that's why we were always able and capable of just yeah. sneaking in. You can't aim for somehow. fourth, to quote, to quote Dennis Kalemba. <laughs> <laughs> if you aim for third, you get fourth, right? It's in the pictures from, from yesterday, by the way. No. <laughs> Or passed out of floor. Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> well, basically, with John O'Shea, John, John O'Shea's jeans from like nineteen ninety four. Better than uh, being in a toilet in Brighton, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Dennis. I'll be listening, Dennis. Uh, we love you, really. But um, yeah, I, I think Alex is completely right. I think the Glazers do realise. Oh, this is this is the end game. That there's no point us f- just chucking money in mm. because. 
we're not going to get it. So, so what happens then? Is this, are we now looking at the point where bids are going to come in? Who's going to, I mean, I don't, it's, it's, it's not a case again, Alex, you mentioned it there. I fucking hate having to speak to fans of other clubs about the Glazers because it's such an infuriating argument and conversation because they will just say that, oh, you spent X amount yeah. of money. We have but wasted it, a fortune. It, it just, uh, that is true. Oh, we, like, have, we wasted have wasted a fortune. a fortune. Yeah, but that's that's been because we've been... Uh, who's exactly. had the purse strings? Exactly. It's like giving, it's like giving a drunk your wallet but, and expecting him to come back with what you want. But the whole Galacticos era, right, with the Falcao, Di Maria era, when we were showing up to Old Trafford, still thinking we were one of the favourites for the title and thinking that Di Maria was... I remember getting interviewed by Adam McCola outside the ground before before he was really you know a big thing asking me who's the best player in the Premier League and I was like Di Maria who's going to win the league United like that's burned into my memory for some reason that, that I had these ridiculous opinions of there are many <laughs> <laughs> well some well, things yeah. never change right but now it's just, it's I mean, just depressing <laughs> I mean even, even if this De Jong deal did get done any kind of excitement from a potentially good big signing such as this it's gone now it's like it's just okay relief it's come to an end and yeah. it's an, it's had a positive outcome for us you're three points uh, behind all your top four rivals we've got well, we've got Brentford next and we've got Liverpool yeah. after that and really. looking at City it's terrifying to think about what they could potentially do to us if we don't oh man Harland he's a yeah. fucking Terminator he's just an absolute like, he's like an emotionless physical you know, superhuman we don't play any one touch football if you look at that game against Brighton it's always two and three touches. It's like so laboured. And even when we really need a goal, and this is something that's been going on for years at United, especially at Old Trafford, if we're losing or we need a goal, it's just, there's no urgency. They get the ball. No. If, there's, if there's a throw in, they go walk over to it. They roll it back to the next bloke. Like Maguire gets it, takes 15 touches before he, before he plays it. Like, but there was there was a period like after when we got that goal back and 2-1 and Old Trafford was bouncing, there was a five-minute period where... <laughs> Barely, we really, we barely. It, I know that, that, that five minutes stoppage time. Stretching it. The ball never got in there half. No, no, they no. Well, they had the ball down yeah. at our corner flag. Professional, professional football team. That's what Brighton were. Professional football yeah. team, and we were a bunch of overpaid. That's all they had to be. They did, yeah. They didn't have to do anything explosive or outrageous against us. They just had to do yeah. what they wanted they to got do. Gifted and then they two goals. We didn't through. have enough quality to break them down. You know, United have been 2-0 down how many times in our history? Not Actually, not that often at Old Trafford if you look at the stats. But, you know, before the last sort of six, seven years, you'd go in at half-time, you'd still be thinking, right, we're, we're gonna, if we get a goal, we're gonna, we can win this. When we scored that goal, I was yeah. like, yeah. It's, you almost pretend, your celebration's almost fake because you know nothing's going to happen. I don't know. Well, I don't know. But look... Um... Do you do you, what is it now? We've got 23 days left, right, until the transfer window closes, and it's obvious that this squad just doesn't have the quality needed to execute what Ten Hag wants to do. So we've we've got to make the right signings, or this this season's going to be uh, this season was was never going to be where we wanted it to be in a in a dream situation. We would have somehow snuck into the top four. Hell, we can even win the Europa League. That's that's the ultimate top level of what we could achieve this this season it's not looking like that at the moment and I don't know Val you said it there like even if we get De Jong now of course it's going to be well De Jong changes everything really I think in the build-up but yeah United have managed to suck suck the excitement out of it before it's even happened um 
again, I, I don't know whether I, I feel like I'm overreacting a little bit, but as I say, it, it felt like the it felt like the 39th game of last season yeah. rather than the first game of something new. Like all all the patterns were there. You could have uh, you could have add, you could add those highlights into last season, and you wouldn't know apart from what are we doing going to Old Trafford for the first game of the season and half the people are saying yeah I think Brighton are going to do us today it's the reality I suppose people ah fuck honestly I don't know what to think anymore I was proper speechless this morning I really really was I was kind of struggling with things to say in that uh, Brentford I I don't know how it's going to be different against but we know how Brentford play remember remember Brentford last season we was it 2-0 at half time we were losing there we won 3-2 was it is that yeah. what it was? No, Brentford. Doing a, a Brentford. Remember Brentford away when we had a crap first half and then we dominated in the second. I don't think we were 2 0 down, though. I think we were. I think it was, well, we were losing. We were definitely losing. Yeah, it's going to be 30 uh, degrees and I'm going to be doing a pub crawl down the Thames. It's going to be really difficult to leave the Dove Hammersmith to go to that ground to watch that match, but hey ho. Tough <laughs> life. Okay. Right, yeah, it was 2, two all. No, was that wrong one? Wasn't wasn't there one that we were? No, it's three one. We won three one. One three. We were one nil. No, no, we weren't one over down. My bad. It was nil nil at half time, and then we went three nil. Thank you very much. And then it was getting all right. You're right. You're always right. You never. I never doubted you about it at any point ever in my life. But and also, what's what's wrong with Marcus Rashford as well? I mean. Oh, that that cheat! I know he got saved by the offside flag, but I don't think it was offside. By the way, I think that would really. Yeah, that when that square ball, it was such an easy yeah. sweep into the corner. <laughs> but just not that. Anyone really can miss weird. a chance, but just like, he's got his head down, he's walking all the time. There's something really weird going on, how these people can keep getting in this football team. But if, if I'm, I'm looking at that from the forward, I'm not just saying him. Um, like I've, heard, I've not heard a single mention of Jaden Sancho at all from yesterday uh, about his involvement in the game. Lack of end product, but... but... He's still... But if you're looking at you're, you're you're in the final third of that pitch and you're seeing how that ball is being progressed from the back to the front, I, I can understand frustration. I'm not I'm not defending Marcus Rashford at all because I'm probably one of his biggest critics. Um, but but I think we all desperately want to see him do well because we know deep down there is a, a really good player there, but. There's just now been a prolonged period of such bad form, where whereby it's going to get to a point where it'll be a point of no return. At, at the top level, he, you'll he'll, he'll end up like at an Everton or a Villa, and yeah. th- that will be his level then. Oh, can't can't he's on such big money though. He's so young. He's on such big money, and all of a sudden it's like we. I don't think it, money's oh, the issue. God, like I don't know. I think money is a huge oh, no, no. problem at United. The wages. I think you. I mean, the yeah, that's United fan in that dressing room. Nobody will want to succeed more at Man United than Marcus Rashford in that dressing room. Hmm. For, that, that's a matter of fact. For for a lot of them, it, it's a job. Yeah, but all for De Gea, him, I mean, De Gea, like he's he's number ten on our all-time appearances list. And I, I don't think no, I don't no, think it's no, hard no, in it. I think there were people that but for someone like Rashford, who's Manchester born and bred, local lad through the academy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hopefully a week, Look, week, like, a week of training. I, I, I think Gary Gary Neville said after the game. I think he said it was quite spot on. He's like, 
he's saying, look, even at this point, I don't think there's any point in really pointing the finger at the players or the manager. It's just, it, it's it's abundantly obvious that the, the common denominator through all of this, through everything that's happened, it, it, is, it is down to the ownership and it trickles down. And, it, and we've been, as fans, fighting against it for so fucking long that it's um, it's just painful beyond belief. And this, I mean, it wasn't too much of a fucking surprise. Alex, you said there, half the people going into the game were like, I think Bright- I think Brighton might do us, and and that wasn't just being pessimistic; it proved to be correct. Like ultimately, it, nothing truly will change at United until the ownership ha- structure has gone, and the ambition of that person who owns our football club is to win trophies because that that does trickle down. And if you do have the person at the top that ultimately is happy just to just to cash out and to not really share that same level of uh, ambition. As Eric Ten Hag, Ten Hag has that ambition. We've got the coach now that can take us there. But he's got a set of owners, as you say, Matt, say dickheads above, dickheads below. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 in a, he's in a shit sandwich. <laughs> What's that song? Clowns to the left of me, jokers <laughs> to the right. Here I am. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. You're like, all jokes aside, look, man, we'll, we'll wrap it up this week. And hopefully uh, next week we can come here after a nice two-all draw against Brentford at the first that. point of the season. That'd be nice. <laughs> Would yeah, you really? So, yeah. Going into the Liverpool game. Oh. Yeah, I'll be at Brentford. Uh, Alex got a ticket. You, you got three two out of three, haven't you, so far? Three yeah. out of three, scumbag. Is that Leicester? Uh, I'm not sh- Yeah, I probably will. Probably will. That might be the last Thursday, one, though, before the baby arrives. Thursday night. Before before baby yeah. McFred comes out, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> McFred badonkadonk, yeah. <laughs> but look uh, thanks everyone for tuning in um, episode 2 make sure you listen on Spotify uh, I, should, I, I always forget to say this at the start <laughs> I really should say at the start but it is available on Spotify Apple and wherever else you listen to your wonderful podcast that was the therapy room for this week tune in next week uh, for the next therapy session because we're probably going to need it ACAST powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The briefing room is for anyone who wants to understand the perspective of law enforcement. It's an opportunity for us to talk about what cops are doing out on the street from day to day, why cops do what they do, and also to discuss where cops go out of bounds. When we're out on patrol, when we go to a call, when we make a traffic stop, it's not always about enforcement. What we're doing with the briefing room is we're trying to educate the public. It's not about a lecture. It's, you probably didn't know this is why the police are doing this. And hopefully we can provide the answers to our listeners. The Briefing Room launches January 27th, wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.